0: You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions.
1: Hey y'all, we have another podcast for y'all to check out this week. It's Obscure Anomalies. It's from one of our best pod friends, Chris. He checked... He checked out The Strange and Unusual. His new season started yesterday, so make sure you check him out. And here's his little promo.
0: Welcome to the new season of Obscure Anomalies, your entryway to the obscure side of life. This season, be prepared to take a look at one of Ohio's most haunted locations, or better yet, Romania's very own Huayabacu Forest. Maybe cryptids are more your style. That's the case, the Tata Duende, or Squonk, may be more your speed. But fear not. We will also be taking a look to the skies in search of ufos but i don't want to spoil all the secrets that season three has to offer so whether you're into ghosts cryptids aliens or folklore obscure anomalies is sure to have something for you so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as the new season starts september 30th of 2020. until then Be sure to check out Obscure Anomalies on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to stay up to date. We eagerly await for you to join the Obscure.
1: The Happily Ever Haunted podcast may contain graphic content that may include sexual violence, suicide, or murder.
2: Listener discretion is advised.
1: This is Happily Ever Haunted, and I'm Bailey.
2: And I'm Milton, and this is the podcast where we tell you stories of the strange and unusual.
1: Ooh.
2: Back at it again with another episode.
1: <laughs> that one was like long and ominous, I feel like. Um. So we are changing it up. Well, okay, first of all, welcome to Spooktober, because it's the first.
2: It's here.
1: Pay your rent. Don't forget.
2: <laughs> Pay your rent. And then and then do spooky shit with
1: you. Yeah. Um, or yourself. It's fine. Um, or the Ouija board in your closet. That's fine as well. Um, we are changing some things up for the month of Spooktober. If y'all like it, we may keep it. Depending on how life goes. Um, we have some spirits here with us. Do you want to tell and them about it? And not
2: the ghost kind.
1: Ha ha ha. <laughs>
2: Yes, so for this month... input laugh
1: track, sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, We've been saying for years that we want to get a soundboard, so <laughs> we need to make that happen. Maybe
1: for Christmas we can get it. Okay, so I told Milton, we've been together for like seven years, and every year we get each other like some ridiculous gift, and uh, we always like like it, but we're always like... <sighs> We could have gotten this. And so I was like, this year, we should come together and get just one big giant gift. And I said a VR, but maybe we should get a soundboard instead.
2: Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Or but maybe both. I'm re- oh, I don't know about that. It's, <laughs> it's the breaks.
1: One thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get We'll get the VR for your birthday in December and then the soundboard for Christmas.
2: Uh, I mean, it, if the, if the cards <laughs> fall right, that that could happen. Let's Depending
1: see. on how my bank account set up.
2: Yeah, really, really. <laughs> so,
1: anyways, let's move on to the spirits. Tell us what um like what we're gonna drink. Well, what me and you are drinking. Okay. Well,
2: so way to make this awkward. for October, we're introducing uh spirits or drinks uh that we're making each episode, uh, and like Bailey said, if You guys love the drinks and love this part of the show. This may become a permanent thing. Who knows? Also, y'all
1: just heard my chair, I didn't fart. It was my chair. I just leaned back.
2: And so, uh, you know, if you like it, let us know. Hit us up on our social medias. Um, And so, for the drink, this episode, our very first Spooktober episode, we are drinking the Sweet Poison Cocktail.
0: Ooh. And so
2: the ingredients for this, it is one ounce of light rum, two ounces of coconut rum, one ounce of blue carousel, a handful of ice, pineapple juice, and an optional pineapple wedge for garnish.
1: Oh, damn it. We had pineapples. We could have wedged it.
2: Oh, pineapples are spoiled.
1: Okay, but
2: you don't have to eat it. You could have just <laughs> Wait, been no, no. Who puts a spoiled <laughs> pine? What? I, what?
1: I mean, it's not spoiled. I just won't eat it. You know how I feel about food? You
2: can't do that, though. It The juices run. It, you're drinking spoiled. It no, literally no, no, no. will I'm become poison. You.
1: Okay, all right. <laughs> you're going to edit all this out, but the pineapple in the refrigerator is okay. Oh, no, not. <laughs> <laughs> the pineapple in the refrigerator is okay. It's just been in there long enough that I won't eat it.
2: Uh, okay. it's wait, ba- wait. It's I It's past
1: Bailey's expiration date. Any whoozles, um this is kind of my bag so should we try and see if we like well, it? well i gotta
2: tell the people the directions oh i'm you're, sorry you're taking me all off track here
1: <laughs> i'm just very excited i haven't <laughs> drank in a very long time
2: <laughs> so um for to make the drink yourself combine both the rums uh blue carousel in a shaker and filled uh ooh, let me do that over nope. combine both rums and blue carousel in a cocktail shaker filled with ice shake and then pour into a cocktail glass Fill the rest of the glass with chilled pineapple juice and then uh, garnish with a pineapple wedge. And so, yeah, we're we're trying this for the first time. I just made it. Um, I regret not using uh, chilled pineapple juice, but, Same. you know, you only live once. Um,
1: and uh, we decided to try it for the first time on air.
2: Yes. So let us sip. Cheers to
1: Can I ASMR the shit?
2: No, please do not. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Somebody's going to email us.
2: You remember that part of the show where they surped? <laughs> I hated that.
1: I was just thinking we should have probably brought straws in. Because <laughs> you're slurping hard. So what do you think? I love it. It's my bag. It's good. All quarantine. That's how I gained. Okay, y'all. lost a lot of weight before quarantine. Like a lot of weight. And then I gained it all back. <sighs> Mainly because I was eating out. But also because all I was drinking was pineapple juice, grenadine, and whipped vodka.
2: Yeah, it was a hot it was mess. A
1: great, it was a great
2: cocktail. It was a hot
1: mess. <laughs> no, it was delicious. You've gotta go get a straw. Well, I mean, Use you your got water burger straw.
2: I mean, you just got sloppy though.
1: you <laughs> got, like real
2: drunk. Yeah. Okay.
1: I do not remember any of this.
2: Okay, exactly. There you go. Point proven. <laughs> Point proven. Use your water burger. Your water I'm, water water
1: burger. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. Okay. Right.
2: Yes jesus come on let's go okay. i'm like i'm feeling good we're flowing like
1: i'm sorry shit. <laughs> another we have one more thing to get out of the way for spooktober so um starting next week so starting next week we're gonna have a little short every tuesday and i will bring you creepy history facts um it's things that really aren't long enough to make a full episode but i think is weird and fun to know and it's gonna be bailey's macabre moment
2: oh i'm excited yeah yes
1: okay i'm very excited we haven't recorded yet so we'll see how it goes
2: yes trying <laughs> to put as much content for you guys out as possible
1: yeah so let us know if there's anything creepy that you wanted me to cover
2: yes and hopefully you learned something new in this uh macabre moment that we're going to share with you <laughs>
1: all right are you ready to jump in
2: i am so ready all right let's go i have speaking of history I have a very historical area that I'm covering today. Oh, yeah? A fort that I'm covering. Delaware. Fort Delaware. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Bailey, for ruining my build up. I appreciate it so much.
1: You told me last week you wanted to cover it. You shouldn't have said that.
2: Okay. So, yeah, since you mentioned that as well. So, a little backstory. So, I I try to pick out my topics in advance. So, it kind of helps with my research and stuff. You know, like a good podcast host would do. And oh,
1: I, I I go like two days before.
2: <laughs> it's not shade, just <laughs> just being funny. All shade. And and so I had picked out Fort Delaware, maybe like a week or two before Bailey picked the uh Fairy. the Low Lewis Ferry, uh, which go back to episode fourteen, cuckoo for cocoa puffs, and uh, check that out. Is it is it cuckoo for cocoa puffs? Yes, yes. It is. Um way to not know our episode. No, I, I got it right the first time. I just second guessed myself. I played myself. Anywho's. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, I picked that out before last episode, and so covering it today. Uh, but it's gonna be a, another interesting Delaware story, and I'm gonna jump in.
1: So, can I tell you something really quick before you start? Yes. So it's funny that you are covering Fort Delaware, and I did um the Kate May lose. Delaware ferry mm-hmm. last week because when I was googling haunted things because that's how I find my topic <laughs> um, I just find one that I think might be interesting um Cape May New Jersey came up and I was like I just covered the ferry system should I just carry cover the whole city now and I almost did and I feel like that would have like been full circle and now i hate that i didn't
2: damn that would have been full circle but
1: i've got something grisly for you so it's fine
2: that would have been meta as fuck yeah (laughs) but fort delaware here we go so
1: just the cutest little state ever
2: (laughs) so fort delaware is a former harbor defense facility used by the union army during the civil war the fort was used as a prison to hold Confederate soldiers, and is located on Pea Patch Island in the <clears throat> Delaware River. And it's P E A, like snap pea. Sure, sure, PC. sure, sir, sir. sure, sure. Sure, it's not like, like dog pee. Don't. Yeah, Bailey's like big immature.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs>
2: the way the fort came into ex- eh, the way the fort came into existence is quite interesting. Is it now? In 1794, a French military engineer, Pierre-Charles LeFont, was surveying the area for potential defense sites. He identified an island that was relatively untouched by humanity. Well, except for one person. Dr. Henry Gale, a New Jersey resident, used the island as a private hunting ground, very much like the most dangerous game. I was
1: about to say, this sounds like the dude in Alaska that hunts people.
2: The dude in Alaska.
1: Oh, okay. Never mind. We'll discuss that all fair. Yeah, there was like a serial killer, and he like would come, drop him off, and then hunt him from his helicopter or some shit. I mean, like that. that's
2: basically what the most dangerous game is. You know, that's
1: based on a true story, right? Yeah. Okay.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the stuff made about it. I know the real stuff.
2: <laughs> you only know the real facts.
1: That's why I'm bringing you my, my macabre moment. <laughs> Gah!
2: Uh, Gail was offered thirty thousand dollars for the island by the U.S. Army. I did not get the conversion rate on that. Oh
1: my god! But I know it's a
2: fuck ton because it's before. It's after the American Revolution.
1: So is it before the Civil War? It's before,
2: way before the Civil War. That's what I thought. Like fifty years. That's Uh, way before. Fifty years?
1: Stop making people feel old. (laughs) Okay. I'm halfway to fifty.
2: How about you? All right, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. All right, but he refused the offer, trying to play hardball. So he had a whole thirty thousand dollars, which was I'm quite certain millions of dollars at that time.
1: I'll just I'll I'll do your work for you.
2: So instead of cashing in on thirty thousand dollars, which Bailey has confirmed is worth how much? which, shocking to me, because I thought it was going to be way more. I thought it was going
1: to be like $30 million. Yeah,
2: something like that. Gale had his island seized as a result of an act passed in 1813.
1: Honestly, that's complete bullshit.
2: So, yeah. So, basically, the government just took his lunch money.
1: (laughs) But, you know, they do that to people now. It's called gentrification.
2: Ooh, we cutting deep. All right, cool. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So, during the War of 1812 and beyond, efforts were made to fortify Peapatch Island, but none came to fruition. The first attempt at the fort was a star-shaped fort. So, Bailey, if you go to the pictures page. I'm there.
1: I'm here. Here I am. Okay. It's not as pretty, like, in actuality as it is in drawings.
2: Oh, okay. So, the second drawing, though, is what we're looking at. The star shape. Okay. Yeah yeah okay yeah i mean none of those existed so oh (laughs) yeah none of those are real and i'll explain why so construction began before december 8th 1817 and it was believed to be after your birthday it is and it was believed to be progressing well the project was a disaster and was delayed several years due to uneven settling, improper pile placement, and the island's marshy nature.
1: Okay, you can't tell me improper pile placement and pea patch island
2: in the same episode. <laughs> all of the, all of the <laughs> like in the
1: windows. Yeah,
2: Jesus, it's so much like um, alliterations. Yeah,
1: improper pile,
2: proper pile. pee. Thank God we have pop patch
1: pop dots, pop <laughs> pop filters,
2: pop filters,
1: pop sockets.
2: I mean, I have a pop socket, thank God Same. for pop um, Thank God for Hopsaw. I don't know. <laughs> thank God means. for Hopscotch. Um, yeah, thank you. In one occurrence, an entire section of 43,000 bricks had to be taken down, cleaned, and reworked due to massive cracking.
1: Let me tell you something. If I was that employee, I would fucking walk away. I'd be like, fuck you. Fuck your bricks. I'm out.
2: Right. Like fuck this uneven foundation, I ain't doing this no more.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. No, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. this is out of my. Uh, this is out of my pay grade.
2: So, uh, Captain Samuel Babcock, the supervisor of the project, was under. That's
1: low hanging fruit. I would not comment on his last. <laughs>
2: You would not dignify us with your, <laughs> the low-hanging fruit joke?
1: No, I will say that I do love the last name Babcock because I love Fran Fine and uh, Miss Babcock.
2: <laughs> I was going to make a, a, um, a reference to that, but uh, I was going to wait for you to do that.
1: Here I, I am. Knew that
2: was your bad. <laughs> so Captain Samuel ba- Babcock, the supervisor of the project, was under very heavy scrutiny and was eventually tried for negligence but was acquitted. The next attempt was a oblong polygonal, polygonal fort.
1: Hate this too.
2: And was oversaw by Richard Delafield. So that's the third picture.
1: Hmm, It's not great.
2: Yeah. It's very very uh, weird shaped. It's just like someone just drew something on some paper and like, all right, this is the fort. <laughs> this is the ultimate defense.
1: All I'm saying is if he would have had a woman, do this it would have been great especially if she was a top A woman it would have been wonderful
2: so Bailey says that she should have designed this fort <laughs> because that's her description <laughs> so he Richard Delafield described his idea for the fort as quote as a huge bastioned polygonal form to be built in masonry end quote
1: it looks like a huge bastard <laughs> What? I don't know. Like, this is the first drink I've had in a long time.
2: I I mean, not that long, because, I mean, we had cocktails last night, so.
1: Can you not put me on blast like that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the first drink we've had on a podcast in a while.
1: No, but last night all I had was peach schnapps. This time I'm having a liquor.
2: Liquor. Liquor.
1: This liquor's for real.
2: RIP boosting and spirits. Uh, it was significantly larger <laughs> than the star fort and was designed to hold up better than the star fort as well. There but was, it
1: didn't. It didn't follow through. Well,
2: I'm gonna get there. There was just one problem. Imagine that. construction of the fort, and Doctor Gale is to blame again, sort of.
1: Oh, not not the bricks, not the bricks not the bricks,
2: thing. not the foundation, just. Dr. Gale getting his island taken from him by the government. Jesus. But it's coming back for his revenge.
1: To be honest, like, the government just be hoeing, though.
2: Yeah. So, in 1838, James Humphrey of New Jersey, a descendant of Dr. Henry Gale, sent legal representation to the island, claiming he had legal rights to the island. From joy From Jazzy.
1: Fun fact. Also, he's a descendant of Snooki.
2: <laughs> Snooki's great, 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 great grandfather. Um, <laughs> this began a decade-long legal battle over the island's ownership, which prevented the Adelafield's fort from being built. On January 15th, 1848, What on January 15th, 1848, the government ruled that the island had belonged to the state of Delaware and therefore the title given to the United States government was valid. For some reason, this iteration of the fort never came to existence. So the present day Fort Delaware was constructed between 1848 and 1860 and was a pentagonal shape, pentagonal in shape. So that's the last picture, and so the first
1: like, picture too. Yeah,
2: yeah. The first picture is uh like kind of like profile. The the last one's kind of like the top angle of it, so you can see the shape.
1: We all know to go for the profile, not for the shape.
2: <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> and so that's a dick joke. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it's kind of like this weird uneven paul poly- uh pentagon pentagon it's not all of the sides aren't even and it, it looks very weird but
1: it's very obtuse yes rubber goose
2: <laughs> was it green juice
1: <laughs> lava juice
2: <laughs> uh major construction was completed before the civil war but it wasn't officially marked completed until 1868 the fort changed from a protection facility to a POW camp to house captured Confederate soldiers, among other prisoners. By 1863, there were more than 11,000 prisoners on the fort. By war's end, it had held almost 30,000 men, 33,000 men. The conditions were relatively decent, but about 2,500 prisoners died on peepatch Island.
1: I was gonna say something about housing thirty-three thousand men, but then you just glazed over it.
2: Oh what what were we gonna say?
1: Much like my sister's bedroom, but don't oh, What? <laughs> don't tell her I said that.
2: That's that's savage. She'll listen. <laughs> so the causes of death in the uh prison were scurvy, pneumonia, typhoid fever, malaria smallpox, lung inflammation, erycephalus, and various forms of diarrhea.
1: Ew, no thank you. Yes.
2: There was also like a handful of people that drowned and a handful of people that were shot.
1: Yeah, I believe that.
2: Yeah. So, prisoners were kept inside the fort and also outside the fort as well. Enlisted men and junior officers, mostly lieutenants and captains of the prison, of the prison population, eh. enlisted men and junior officers, mostly lieutenants and captains of the pop- of the prison population, were living in the wooden barracks on the northwest side of the island. High ranking Confederate officers and some political prisoners were housed in quarters inside the fort. These prisoners were often allowed more freedoms and access to more food than other pris- uh, than the outside prison population. So, basically, the people on the outside, they would get, like, three bites worth of meat and, like, some cold pea soup or, like, bean soup or something like that, and they would get, like, maybe one other meal that would be, like, a quote-unquote lunch or breakfast. Mm -hmm. So, they would only get two meals, but the people on the inside, they could leave, like, not leave, like all right, I'm going to go get Chipotle, but, like, they could leave and get food, and so, like, on top of the food they would get from the prison, they could also get other food as well, and they would have access to, like, a commissary and stuff.
1: So, like, they weren't given a lot of food, but they could leave and get
2: food. They could get food, and they could buy some food from, like, uh from the prison, but it wasn't, like, a lot.
1: But to be honest, this is kind of shit
2: yeah oh yeah no totally okay it's definitely a preferential treatment i
1: just wanted to make sure we were on the same page you know
2: but uh but it wasn't like the inside was like penthouses and then the outside was like slums like they both had it pretty shit it's just some pe the people on inside had it less shit (laughs) Mm. that makes sense so after the civil war The fort was used as a line of defense in the Spanish-American War and was briefly used for defense for World War I and uh, briefly for World War II as well. By the end of World War II, the fort was used for surplus equipment. Today, the Delaware Fort resides in the Fort Delaware State Park and is mainly a historical site for visitors. Uh, With the rich history the fort has, it is believed without a doubt that the fort is definitely haunted. The dungeon, uh so the fort Fort Delaware did have a dungeon. The dungeons are said to be the most haunted place in Fort Delaware. Prisoners were kept in the dungeons and with no beds and no water to wash themselves with. People what have been thinking? to the dungeon reported seeing full body apparitions and shadows, as well as hearing disembodied voices echoing through the dark halls of the fort. Mm-hmm. Under the ramparts and uh, parade grounds, fleeing Confederate soldiers have been spotted by visitors maybe representing a failed escape attempt
1: Are you good? Yeah
2: I just needed a bird but I was holding it in um, In 1985 a visitor snapped a picture of a see-through Confederate officer standing in an archway still being held as a prisoner of war Fort Delaware was featured on an episode of Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters and compelling evidence was captured. The investigation team captured the thermal image of a man who was peeking around the corner to look at them. Uh, so basically just peeking around and be like, what y'all doing? <laughs> you looking for me? I hate this. this yeah. <laughs> also during that episode, the paranormal team heard what sounded like canning fire reverberating through the tunnels. And Bailey, this gets a lot worse.
1: Great. Wonderful. I love it. I love
2: it. One investigator was pulled by a ghost so hard that he was pulled backwards.
1: Of course he was because why wouldn't he be?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Fort Delaware, the Fort Delaware State Park is open and is following COVID-19 safety guidelines. The state park is also offering many paranormal investigations that you can participate in for the spooky season. So if you want to purchase tickets and read about the new park guidelines, visit Delaware State Parks, that's one word, dot reserveamerica.com. And that is the story of Fort Delaware. I love it. And my references are insider.com, haunted dot onlyinyourstate.com, and ghost haunted house, houses, dot
1: do you even know your references?
2: I am looking at them. You know, it just can't be perfect. Like me. But I'm damn near close.
1: You know, I got real quiet then. I started online shopping. I found some clothes I needed. Of course you did. <laughs> Look, I found some really cute bell bottoms, okay? So I have to give y'all a little dog update before I start talking about my episode. My topic? My, my episode. It's my episode. My Is topic. It- Yeah, because, okay, so... <coughs> you know the lady we buy so we go to the farmer's market every weekend except for this past weekend because i was sick and bought pumpkin bread from a woman and she listens so hello hi hey sweet Lucy,
2: the best pumpkin bread and uh sea salt chocolate chip cookies oh my god
1: yeah (laughs) sweet lucy's bakery um heavy breathing
2: sounds
1: (laughs) (laughs) and she's like i'm heavily invested in y'all's animals so y'all will not be hearing any snoring or botherings of Frankie because she's still at daycare because I dropped her off this morning and she could not get away from me fast enough she was like bye mom I need to go see my friends so just a little Frankie update
2: very exciting stuff
1: are we excited because I cried a little bit
2: very very uh settled married couple shit happening here. not
1: dropping off our kids at daycare no no our dog
2: our fur child
1: yeah she um she was very timid when we got her so like this is very exciting y'all <laughs> um so on to my topic on to my episode i'm so ready it doesn't have to do shit with like a funky ass star fort <laughs> <sighs> yes that's shots <laughs> today i'm discussing the congress plaza hotel oh also there are pictures on the drive if you will look at them it is one of Chicago's largest and oldest and said to be the most haunted of them all of hotels. Okay, I didn't read that right because I'm feeling my little drink a little bit, but it's fine. Oh, boy. Oi! Buckle up. Hold on to your butts. I
2: hope we can get our dog later.
1: <laughs> It'll be fine. I still have to record for Unsolved Unexplained, so it's fine.
2: Oh, hey, listen to that. That's going to be a fun episode. <laughs> and it's also Bailey's topic. It's going to be real fun, y'all.
1: Real fun. So, it is one of Chicago's largest and oldest hotels and said to be one of the most haunted of them all. The most haunted of them all. It's located across from Grant Park in Chicago, Illinois at 520 South Michigan Avenue. The hotel was originally built in 1893. So, you know, same century as your shit. Also, I think that's around the time my grandma was born. It featured cobbled streets, gas lights, and horse-drawn carriages. How row romantic very
2: romantic
1: <laughs> I've only been on a horse drawn carriage with my mom so like I don't know if it's that romantic um the original name of the hotel was Auditorium Annex nothing? Prevents?
2: sorry I'm trying to find your pictures <laughs> oh here <laughs> <laughs> I'm like where's the pictures I'll
1: help
2: plus I don't know where you wanted me to, to get from Annex <laughs>
1: auditorium annex that's a horrible hotel name like would you go stay at the auditorium annex uh,
2: if it's nice <laughs>
1: if it has four stars
2: i oh, four four stars is not a uh, a hard requirement for me
1: see that's funny i feel like your standards went up when you married me
2: it's not a hard requirement
1: <laughs> i understand but it like, is for your wife
2: yeah, I mean, it's it's forced to go up cuz my wife won't stay at anything less than four stars. Right. So it's that's it's difficult.
1: <laughs> so the original name of the hotel, like I said, was Auditorium Annex. It's a horrible fucking name. It opened just in time for the World Columbian Expos- Exposition.
2: Oh, the World's Fair.
1: Damn. What would later be better known as the World's Fair in 1893? <sighs> okay, great. Thank you.
2: Shout out to my history professor in college.
1: <laughs> okay, so it was known as World's Columbian Exposition whenever it was first around. Okay. What do you think they celebrated, though? Because I didn't know that that was actually the name.
2: Ah, oh, shit. I read the book. and Oh, okay. That's where I was going with this. I didn't read the book. I read, I did like a cliff Notes. Okay, then, so you don't know. Yeah. I mean, so, I know, but like I didn't finish. So. Okay, so
1: it's called Columbian. So you would think like Columbia, right? No, not at all. Um, it celebrated the 400th anniversary of Columbus discovering America. Yeah,
2: that's exactly it, actually. That's what I was about to say.
1: Had no idea. <laughs> I was like, that's a horrible name. Also, Columbus didn't discover America. He just took it over. He just annexed it. Um uh, that,
2: That's not what annex means.
1: <laughs> he just gentrified it. <laughs> that is what gentrified means.
2: That that is true.
1: Um so anyways, I was like bamboozled because I was like, the Colombian exposition in eighteen
2: ninety three? What? Best.
1: And then I found out it was the world's fair I was like, all right, cool, 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 cool,
2: cool. It was also a murder in Oh
1: my god, Charles. <laughs> Originally the hotel was created to be an annex with a look originally the hotel was created to be an annex with a look designed to be similar to Lewis Sullivan's auditorium building across the street. Which like Auditorium Annex. Hence the name. Ah. You know, they could have been more creative, like Hotel Monte Vista, but no. Nah.
2: Shout out to <laughs> like that episode. episode three. Yes.
1: Um RH Southgate. An infamous hotel developer designed and built the auditorium annex. There was a hallway named Peacock Alley. You will see in the pictures. Yes. This connected the new annex to the auditorium hotel. Peacock Alley was underground and made up completely of marble. It is oh. now um, shuttered. Like it's like boarded up.
2: Oh, what? Yeah. So this is this picture before it was boarded up? Yeah. Oh, damn.
1: That was at Christmas time, too. I got a really good picture for y'all. um the south tower was then constructed and opened in 1907 so there's a north tower and a south tower okay Okay. the new construction had an opulent banquet room known as the gold room this was the first hotel ballroom in america that used air conditioning
2: hey bailey's (laughs) favorite invention
1: (laughs) i was about to say this is the ballroom i'd be hanging out in Then a second ballroom was added in the North Tower in 1909. This was named Florentine Room. In 1911, it was renamed to the Congress Hotel because of where it was. In 1911, it was renamed to the Congress Hotel because of where it was situated on Congress Street. In the 1930s, the Elizabethan Room, one of the banquet rooms, was remodeled into a nightclub. You're going to love this, okay? Into a nightclub that included a revolving bandstand. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it wasn't like the 30s like the jazz era?
2: yeah like yeah. Big, the big band stuff yeah. yeah oh man that was such a good era of music
1: then in 1935 and 36 it became the headquarters for an NBC radio show then during World War II, the government bought the Congress Hotel like the whole fucking hotel and the hotel became the headquarters for the army officers
2: okay real quick I find it very ironic that NBC would go to a hotel that had Peacock Alley in it because you know their their mascot is a peacock
1: brr, brr isn't that NBC uh, yeah kind of I mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure I don't
1: know you know the only time I'll watch NBC is for the Thanksgiving parade Thanksgiving morning
2: <laughs> and Saturday so night
1: Live. yeah but that hasn't been on in how long now
2: shout out to David Pumpkins
1: David Pumpkins I'm
2: David Pumpkins man in
1: 1945 the hotel was bought oh, I already said that yeah oh no I didn't In 1945, the hotel was bought by a group of Chicagoans. They reopened the hotel back to the public. They were like, fuck the government. Um, No, I'm sure they didn't say that. Maybe they did. Then in 1950, the Pick Hotel Corporation, which is a very, like, prominent hotel people, um, bought the hotel and began a multi-million dollar remodel. The remodel included a mural encircled lobby, new front desks, new hallways, new hotel rooms on the third floor, new congressional and presidential suites, and a supper club called the Glass Hat.
2: A supper club? I
1: don't know what the fuck that is, okay?
2: Hmm. Interessante. I
1: knew in like where I grew up in Bonham, you had to be a part of like a diner's club or some shit like that to be able to buy drinks. But like
2: Oh, so it's like that.
1: I don't fucking know, bro i and I, this had a lot of fucking research and I didn't go that deep. This rabbit hole was not that deep.
2: Okay. <laughs> a supper club is a traditionally a traditional dining establishment that also functions as a social club.
1: So drinks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drinks and food, but you have to be a part of it to buy alcohol. Yes. Yeah. Cause when, when I was growing up in Bonham, before I moved out, thank fucking God. Um, <clears throat> I was like, how the fuck am I going to buy alcohol when I turn 21? Because that was my main concern when I was seven.
2: (laughs) When you were seven?
1: (laughs) Look, taxes, quicksand, alcohol. Sounds right. Yeah. This included... Wait, then in the 1960s... (laughs) In the 1960s, there was yet another remodel. This included a new ballroom and what do you think what do you think else it added
2: a new air conditioner (laughs) no
1: it included escalators
2: oh fuck
1: this was like a new thing to hotels in the 60s like they were one of the first hotels to ever have escalators and now I feel like hotels with escalators are like the only ones I've been to are just uh casinos (laughs)
2: Like, for real, though. (laughs) I'm
1: not wrong. (laughs) No,
2: I've never seen a hotel that had escalators outside of a casino and hotel. Yeah, see? (laughs) Damn. Knowledge bomb.
1: Many presidents also made themselves at home while they stayed here in Chicago. Wait, hold on. Many presidents also made themselves at home here while they stayed in Chicago. This includes these presidents. Ready? Grover Cleveland... William McKinley, Teddy Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren Harding, who I don't fucking know who that is, Calvin Coolidge, and Franklin Roosevelt. Did you know all of them?
2: Uh, Did I know all of them? Yeah. I knew most of them.
1: Did you know who Warren Harding is? I did not
2: know who that is.
1: Yeah, me neither. We're great at being American. Today it is a three-star hotel offering 871 rooms. And you can stay for about $100 a night.
2: It's a three-star hotel?
1: Yeah, we wouldn't stay there.
2: <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Four stars to get <laughs> Bailey's approval.
1: Look, I'm bougie as fuck. Um, <clears throat> but, like, when we drove to fucking South Carolina, we just slept in the car. Because that's better. Um,
2: <laughs> well, That's no star. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the hotel also has a bit of a little bit of a murderous history
2: oh okay. okay true crime
1: so h.h H. holmes aka yes america's first serial killer although i disagree with this
2: i also disagree
1: because of austin's what is it called um the oh, the jack the. no 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 no. what was he called when he was over here
2: austin's no something
1: Handmade Slayer?
2: The yeah, I think that's actually not, right no, or something like it's that. Not right. It's they, handmade it's, something.
1: It's not handmade. This isn't the Handmaid's <laughs> Tale. But it's something. It's something Slayer. Google it. I Google shit for you all the time.
2: I literally just googled something <laughs> for you like a few minutes ago.
1: So, anyways, H. J. Holmes would hang out in the lobby to meet women. He would then take the women to his own hotel that he created for the World's Fair. And murder them. Before his death in 1896, he confessed to 27 murders, but it is speculated that he committed many more than that.
2: The awesome...
1: Servant girl annihilator. Yes. Yes. Continue. Sorry I saw it on your phone. Al Capone also made the hotel one of his staples. He would play cards and hold business meetings each Friday night in a room overlooking Grant Park. Before and after the Saint Valentine's Day massacre, Jake Gusick, aka Greasy Thumb, called Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> that was his mobster name.
2: Greasy Thumb?
1: Yes.
2: Well, you gotta throw that name away. <laughs> that is a terrible name.
1: You gotta throw it away. Start new.
2: You gotta you gotta come up with a new name.
1: So anyways, Greasy Thumb. You good?
2: I can't I can't like not laugh at that.
1: <laughs> you good? Yes. He called Al Capone in Florida from a phone in the Congress hotel. Okay.
2: Hey, yeah, it was greasy thumb.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's probably how it went, too. <laughs> it's done.
2: It's done. He's sleeping with the fishes.
1: Well, like, you know, it was a massacre, so like... Uh, okay. I, multiples. I
2: was just riffing here, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry it wasn't accurate. <laughs>
1: In May of 1910, a New Yorker, James Kennedy, checked into the hotel and then went to his room. He proceeded to cut the tags off the his dry cleaning, burned his papers, and then walked to a nearby lake where he shot and killed himself. This alone isn't anything major. But hold on. The same year, Andrew Mack, who was an insurance salesman, checked into the same room at the hotel, got situated, and then called a friend from his room. After all of this, he walked to the same lake. And then he drowned himself in the lake. Another salesman who was staying at the hotel completed suicide by throwing himself down an elevator shaft.
2: So they all stayed in that same room?
1: No, just just the New Yorker and James, er, James Kennedy and Andrew Mack. Okay. As far as I know... Um... But then it became known as, like, the Suicide Hotel.
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah. Shit.
1: Um, so then the the salesman that jumped down, or threw himself down the elevator shaft. A drifter who was staying at the hotel check, checked in and got a room, but then climbed to the roof of the north building and jumped to his death. Another man who was staying in the hotel with his family was found hanging from a cupboard hook. Then, in the summer of 1916, Morris Davis, who was a mining investor, and his wife were found in room 312. It is believed that they had formed a suicide pact because when they were found, Mrs. Davis was unconscious, and Mr. Davis had died of cyanide poisoning.
2: Very, uh, that, that cold. Jonestown? Yes. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Mrs. Davis claimed that there was no suicide pact, but simply they had taken the c- cyanide by accident. They confused it with Epsom salts. What? I don't know. What? Is this ba- Is this the bath salts that who everybody's drinks- talking about?
2: So hold on, did they ingest it, like, or like, how did they get the cyanide in their system? They just
1: they ingested it, I think.
2: So who the fuck drinks Epsom salt?
1: Is this the bath salts that everybody oh. keeps talking about? <laughs> That's all I want to know.
2: I mean, they installed it.
1: Oh, I really don't know how bath salts work, and I'm 27.
2: Just go, let's go find Florida man and ask him.
1: Oh my god. However, a few days later, while she was staying at Saint Mary's Mission, she attempted to jump out a window of the third story. After this, she was sent to a psychiatric hospital to live at. So, did they have a suicide pact? Probably. In 1939- Okay, this one's super fucking sad, so get ready. Okay. In 1939, Adele Langer was staying at the hotel with her sons, Carol and Jan. They had originally lived in Prague in the Czech Republic, but came to America while fleeing the Nazi influences of Prague. So she and her sons had came and were waiting on her husband to get here. One night, while staying at the hotel, Langer threw her sons out a window on the 13th floor and then jumped to her death herself. Oh, God. Her husband that did show up blamed them having to flee Prague on, like, her death and the kid's death.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand that, but, like, like I don't understand what it feels like to flee a country.
1: Right. And then not have your husband and, and then, then not have, hoping yeah. that he's going to show up and you don't have cell phones. You have nothing.
2: Yeah. And you're just there consumed with like worry and grief and anxiety and anxiety yeah and just and then that one person shows up but it's too late yeah that's yeah it's very sad
1: in august of 1950 an employee came to a guest a guest room to collect the 104 dollars the guest owed the guest shot and killed the employee and then shot and killed himself oh shit Rockford attorney Frederick Hay was staying at the hotel in May of 1966 when he was found by staff naked and strangled with his own shirt. His wrists and feet were tied together by his own socks. However, some of the deaths that happened here were accidents. For instance, in 1904, an elevator operator who worked there while it was the auditorium annex fell down the elevator shaft seventy feet to the subfloor and died on impact. Jesus. <sighs> In July of nineteen twenty six, a Galesburg woman, Miss Mrs. Harriet Harrison, stayed <laughs>
2: Harriet Harrison?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's
2: a name. Yeah
1: staying at the congress hotel with her husband before a planned european excursion took a step without looking and plunged 6 stories down an elevator shaft it, she ended up at the hotel basement and died on impact okay i don't know when they decided to put doors on elevators but i'm so fucking glad they did yeah very very glad very glad cuz there's too many elevator deaths just at this hotel alone
2: right I think there's just too many deaths at this hotel in general. (laughs) Accident or not, you know?
1: I mean, true. So with all the history and all the deaths, there's bound to be ghosts, right?
2: Uh, yeah. That makes sense.
1: (laughs) The Florentine room, which was a ridiculously beautiful painted ballroom, it's, um, if you pull it up, I'll show you which one it is. It's like straight up looks like the Sistine Chapel. It's the one with all the painting on the ceiling.
2: Very beautiful.
1: Gorgeous, just like me.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Um so this was originally a roller rink.
2: You're fucking me. No. Are you serious?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I don't see it.
1: So this was a roller <laughs> rink that uh when the hotel opened for the World's Fair.
2: That's that's so they was the paintings and stuff there. I mean, I don't yes. know oh I'm it assuming. was? I don't, I don't know I'm just going to okay. assume wow <laughs> That's, that would be the most beautiful skating rink ever all the
1: skating rinks I've been are like really grimy <laughs> very, black lights very dingy. don't turn on the light it's like a club don't turn on the light
2: yeah very dingy
1: yeah the the carpet's from like the 70's
2: yeah but I love the carpet though <laughs> I love that carpet
1: there's probably like 45 pieces of gum stuck
2: to oh, it oh totally <laughs> but it, it just adds character
1: <laughs> does it <laughs> Security guards that patrol in the early morning hours report hearing organ music that can still be heard coming from within the Florentine room. They have also made reports of being able to hear the sound of old wooden skates on wooden floors. So also, they were wooden when you were skating back then. Mm -hmm. Not plastic.
2: Interessante.
1: Yeah, very. The piano in the room has been reported to play by itself. Staff have reported being able to hear a screaming woman outside. Oh wait, hold on. Staff have reported being able to hear a screaming woman outside a staff door on the east side of the Florentine room. The women's restroom is haunted by a woman's spirit. I'm so tired of these restrooms being fucking haunted. (laughs) It's like number one. No wonder women go like to the bathroom in couple like pairs.
2: (laughs) And then stay there forever.
1: Oh my god. (laughs) Um, so she will appear in the mirror and stare at you and then follow you out of the bathroom down the hallway.
2: She will follow you out the bathroom?
1: Yeah, down the hallway.
2: What the hell?
1: Okay, you think that's creepy. I think if you look up in the mirror and you see somebody staring back, that's creepy.
2: Oh no, all all <laughs> of the above. There's I no don't wrong want any answer. of it. There's no wrong answer. Here. Well,
1: you know the great thing? It's not in the fucking men's bathroom.
2: <laughs> Get the pee in peace.
1: How nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> the gold room is a popular place for wedding receptions photographers have um, <clears throat> photographers have taken pictures of the beautiful couple and their like wedding party and then people they didn't exactly in fight would be in the photos they wouldn't be so there would be apparitions that showed up in the photos but not the negatives
2: oh yeah yeah and that's the worst
1: Especially if the photos are taken around the piano. The doors are often found unlocked, even if they had been locked before. There's a spirit that hangs out in the fifth floor passenger elevator. This ghost can be heard moaning while people are waiting on the elevator to arrive. However, so with all these hauntings, there are four specific ghosts that roam the hotel, okay? Okay. First, everyone's favorite mobster al capone his spirit has been known to lurk around the hotel's bar and lobby he can also be spotted in the suite that he kept on the eighth floor the second is that of a ghost named uh, peg leg johnny
2: peg leg johnny yeah okay
1: the ghost obviously has you know a peg leg
2: (laughs) you don't say
1: (laughs) although his true identity is unknown paranormal investigators that have come out and done investigations say that he was a homeless man that stayed in the alley behind the hotel and he was unfortunately murdered there as well and he's made the hotel his like final resting place oh yeah
2: that's not fun he's, no 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 not oh. at all.
1: his up op- his apparition can be spotted throughout the hotel but his favorite His very favorite thing to do is to turn lights off while people are in the room and turn lights on when there's no one in the room. So the opposite of what you need. Yeah. (laughs) And he also likes to turn appliances off and on.
2: Oh, man. I'd be mad. (laughs)
1: Like, imagine if it was like the uh, the freezer. Yeah. I'd be pissed.
2: (laughs) You open your mini fridge and like shit's hot. Oh,
1: I was thinking about the freezer down in the kitchen.
2: Oh, I was thinking appliances in the room.
1: Oh. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, you...
1: I was thinking, like, restaurant. <laughs> and you're thinking mini fridge. Yeah. So, <clears throat> one of the one of the ghosts is of Adele Langer's son. The one who was thrown out the window. hmm The story is that the six-year-old was never taken to the city morgue, and his spirit remains in the hotel. Although, that's very sad.
2: That is very sad.
1: His apparition is often seen running around the lobby and giggling. Like happy giggling, not creepy giggling.
2: Oh, I mean, that's still creepy. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> that's so I creepy. thought
1: you liked happy little ghosts. I mean,
2: I like happy ghosts, but like, it's just, I don't know, giggling ghost children is, is weird.
1: I don't know. Like, if he's running and laughing at the same time, I'm good.
2: Like, I want happy, quiet ghost children. <laughs>
1: I imagine him running in his little, like, his little romper thing with his little shoes. Have a little toy, like a little toy car and like running Mm. in circles, like just laughing and, you know. Right. Something like innocent, not creepy or mischievous. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And finally, the most sinister part of the hotel, room 441 in the South Tower. The front desk receives more complaint calls from this room than any other room. Guests who have stayed in this room report seeing an apparition of a dark figure of a woman who kicks them awake. <laughs> you laugh, but it's real.
2: I believe it. It's just funny.
1: Apparently, she appears at the end of your bed and will kick you awake.
2: It's <laughs> just sitting there and kicking you like, ass up. Like, yeah. There's no time to sleep. Get up. <laughs>
1: You can sleep when you're dead, or just not people like me. You can sleep when you're dead.
2: (laughs) When you become a ghost like me, you can sleep.
1: (laughs) I would be pissed if a ghost kicked me. There have also been reports of objects flying across the room at people, and horrific noises that no one else hears. This room was also the inspiration behind Stephen King's novel, 1408. This is about a notorious hotel room that causes suicides.
2: I feel like I've seen that. I've seen like a movie about it. Oh, really? I think so. I feel, like, I feel like it's been adapted to like a TV movie or something.
1: Probably, but yeah. But that's my story.
2: Very interesting. The
1: Congress Plaza Hotel in Chicago, and my references are Patch.com, dot com, dot com, and CongressPlazaHotel.com. dot com.
2: Wow! Awesome.
1: <laughs> Did you like it?
2: Yeah, it was really good. Yay! Super funny. And oh, super funny? creepy.
1: And sad.
2: Yeah, I like all the emotions. I covered all the things. All the emotions.
1: <laughs> so if you like this episode, go rate us five stars on Podchaser or Apple podcast. And let us know if you liked the drink, if you tried it, if you like us drinking, if Bailey fucks up her words too much.
2: Also, uh, don't forget to check us out on our social media sites uh on twitter it's at h e h podcast on instagram it's happily ever haunted podcast uh all one word and then on facebook it's a happily ever haunted podcast uh you can search for that and you can find us there yeah and you know just uh leave us comments leave us reviews we love to hear the feedback from you guys and also of course like bailey said let us know how you guys about our segment and about our podcast going forward
1: and those that haunt together
0: stay together